everybody, it's Chris from CRT Sports Cards, and thank you for checking out the audio version of our video series. If you want the full experience, please go to YouTube at YouTube slash CRT Sports Cards. Now, let's get to the podcast. Good morning, everyone. June 16th, 2020, and welcome to episode number 27 of the Project 2020 show. If you want polarizing, we have it today. Whether it be you're a Yankee fan or a Yankee hater, there are two Yankee cards on the schedule, Don Mattingly and Mariano Rivera. The Rivera is done by Blake Jamison, the number one artist out there when it comes to pumping up his brand and this product overall. So it's going to be great to see what kind of results he can put up with this Mariano Rivera. It's a pretty plain card, but we'll see what Jamison can do and we'll see the results that he can drive. Also, we're going to talk about grading. Do we grade these? Do we not grade these? What are the pros and the cons? But before we begin, I have a simple challenge and a goal, and I'm wondering if we can make this happen by July 1st. I'm looking to be at 2,000 subscribers by the time the end of the month hits. So we're right in the middle of June, and we need about 40 subscribers per day. So if you're not subscribed, please hit that button, and thank you for everyone who continues to share this show and the program with people that you know who love Project 2020. Now, let's get to episode number 27. And yes, that was an ad at the beginning of the video. So we just got approved for monetization. So thank you so much for the continued growth of the channel. We just crossed over 4,000 watched hours, I think on Friday or Saturday. So quick turnaround, but thank you for that. And you know, your eyes aren't deceiving yourself. But look, let's get to it today. We've got, we're gonna cover the market. We're gonna talk about top 20. We're gonna check in on pre-orders. We're gonna check in on you know the Blake Jameson Mariano. We're gonna check in on Mattingly. We're gonna do all the usual stuff. But let's talk about grading. And this is a question that has been posed to me numerous times. And I've kind of, I didn't really put it off, but I said, well, let me look at it more and figure this out. But last night I got an email from Eric B. And I was like, you know what? I think it's time to cover this. It's time to really look into this and see, is this a viable option for these cards? I personally, just from a grading perspective, I don't grade too much. I do grade my pre-war cards, but those cards are over 100 years old. And it's just more for keeping them uh, secure. And you can see them back on the on my shelf back there. But for the most part, I don't grade uh, very many modern cards. I think my last modern order was, I think it was a 2018 Topps Update Soto uh, Autograph and Acuna base card or something like that. It's been a couple of years since I've graded cards. So, so while I don't grade too much modern in scale, look, I understand how the process works. I understand the pricing and I, I get all that. I just don't personally partake in a lot of modern grading. But let's dive into these and figure out, can we do this? Is this, is this a route to take? And I think I start with the very, my first question, and really the first thing I'm really concerned with is the actual card itself and, and how it comes in. It comes in in that mag. And look, love them, hate them, wish they'd go away or wish they'd stay. The mags are part of the card. And my first concern with grading is you have to be able to look at the card. And so you have a card like this. This is just a consignment card, right? You can take it out. You can look at it. You can inspect it with the loop. You can get right up to it and you can figure it out. With these in the magnet, the magnetic, it's upside down, in the magnetic, it's really hard. And it, yes, you can have a loop and it, you, you need a loop anyway to make this work. But number one, to get these to be gradable, to not waste your money, you have to break the seal. And I don't know if that's something that we want to do why large scale in a sense because what happens if you open up the, the mag break the seal and there's a surface scratch on the card now what do you do now you've taken your mike trout ermsey and you've crushed the value you can't put it back you that's unethical now you can't sell it loose i mean you could but now you've lost more money but like a card like this again i can look at it i can decide to grade it and if i don't want to grade it i put it back in the top loader 
and it is what it is. But that's just that's the biggest challenge right now with these cards is is if you break that seal and you take it out, ethically speaking, you can't put it back in. You can't sell it as a sealed Project 2020 card. Or you take the second right, like, okay, Chris, I'm not going to break the seal. I'm just going to send it in. That's what you can't do with grading. Grading should not be a gamble. Grading should be something that you're very certain of before you send it in. Grading is very, very expensive. And, you know, PSA just raised their rates. And I don't think we're sending these to PSA. To me, if you're sending these in because of the thickness of the cards and of the style of the cards, you're going to send these to Beckett from a visual perspective. I could be wrong there on this one, but just for me personally, I would send it to Beckett. So, okay, you're just now going to randomly send these in. You're going to take a lot of 10 Ichiros and send them into grade without even looking at them. What's it going to cost you? So here's the Beckett grading cost right now. So if you did a five-day grading order, because you look, you don't want Beckett to have these for nine months. You might at the end, but at the beginning right now, you want to flip these because look, we have that pricing ceiling and we're trying to bust through that ceiling. A five-day grading order with Beckett, with subgrades, is going to cost you $50. Now, there is a big gap difference. Like on the Mike Trout, there is a uh, the Mike Trout Ben Baller. There's about a $30, $40 difference on the subgrade cards and ones without subgrades. So I would always go with subgrades. I know Beckett makes that option for you without subgrades. But from a collector perspective, I would always go with the subgrades. So it's 50 bucks a card for five days. You could do 10 days. That's 40 bucks a card. That's still very expensive. So you've taken five cards or 10 cards and you do the five day service. That's 500 bucks plus shipping and everything else. You're now you're now you've really, really, you're really, really into these cards now to potentially make a little bit more money. Let's look at the pricing of baller with grades, without grades, and let's see if it's worth it. Okay, so here's the live look in on eBay when it comes to the bin the bin baller. The bin baller Mike Trout. I'm leaving that one in here. So look, this card right now, $32, 30 bucks, $25, $40, you know, $20. I mean, man, I wish it was like a month ago. But look, $20 bucks for this card, $30. Bucks. Okay, so let's look at where we are with the Beckett 9.5. So a recent one that ended two days ago with subgrades, $118.50. You look down here at ones that do not have the subgrades. So 80 bucks, 86, you know, even 130, 135, 115. Then again, it drops, right? These are the subgrade, these are the non-subgrade versions, 80 bucks. So like I said, the paying for the subgrades is worth the money because the higher return, you know, 200 bucks, that's an outlier. So that's not too much. There's a Frank Thomas down here, but let's look real quick at if there's a BGS nine. I have not actually not looked at this. Let's see, no, there's no nines, but now, when you look at the 10, here is a Mike Trout, Ben Baller, Prestine 10, $1,800. That's a really nice return. That, that's what people look at, though, and go, that's why I want to grade these cards. But look, that's a black label. Those are very, very hard to come by. And I don't think you're going to be getting a black label without opening up the case. You have to look at these cards. So it's a risk-reward situation. You could take 20, 30 bin ballers, open them all up, and see what you got. But then again, I don't know if you're going to be getting a black label. And if you send in 30 of these and you end up with 10 black labels, 15 black labels, the pop report is going to explode on these, and the value is going to come way down. Tens, pristine 10s black labels are meant to be rarefied air in a sense. So you cannot look at that number and go, 
I'm going to hit this. I'm going to hit that number with my 20 bin ball or Mike Trout's. The thing is to look at the 9.5 grades. It's 120 bucks. If you spend these in for five days or 10 days, when you could sell them right now for let's say 25, 30 bucks, you're not into it for 70, $80. When you can sell them right now for 120, after fees, you're probably looking at about 100 bucks. So you've maybe made 15, 20 dollars. I don't know if it's ultimately worth grading individual cards for the return. There is no situation where I would grade, and I think it's at the end of the project. Look, people are going to be collecting these in the player sets and the artist sets. I really think if you're able to put together a 9.5 artist set or a 9.5 player set, that is where you'd find the ultimate value. But again, that's the long play. But I think it's very much in line with what this is. This is a long play product. This is not an individual short-term play product. So if I could you know, end up selling my grotesque collection in the future, all 9.5s, I think that would be a very smart move. But we've got to take that risk to make that happen, which is open up the case. Because we have to be ethical with this process. And you can't open these cards up and then not like them and then seal them back up. That's just the wrong move. So you're going to have to make that ultimate risk of do I open these up or not. Now, there's also a shortcut version here, which if you really think about, might be the smartest play when it comes to these cards. Just buy the 9.5s as they come up. Then you put those together. Your return might be a little bit lower because you're, obviously your, your investment is higher at the beginning, but it's a safer route. You don't have to open up all your cards. Look, I've got one Bob Gibson grotesque card. If I open that up and it's a scr scratch on it, I'm screwed. My whole grotesque collection is now not worthless, but that one card has lost value because it's now open. So if I were you, maybe the safe route here is let others take the gamble and then you buy them and you piece them together because I would love to see a 9.5 Blake Jameson or a 9.5 Mike Trout set sell next year, middle of the summer. I think that could return some serious money. So in closing, look, risk reward. You got to open these cases up. You can't send them in blind. This is going to be expensive one way or the other, but I think ultimately putting together a player set or an artist set of all 20 graded at 9.5 or greater is the proper move. An individual card, I just don't think it's there. So here's the check-in on the first player cards from yesterday. Look, four cards until yesterday, mainly all double-digit decline. Look, the Mr. Cartoon Clemente again performed. That card has been the outlier of the group so far. But when you look back at my show yesterday, I said... There's a greater chance that Ichiro drops under 1000 and gets back to 1500 And look at yesterday. It's only one sale, but it's $900. I need to look back at all the numbers, but it's probably been a very long time since that card's been under $1,000. So when we look at the chart here overall, look, the numbers are kind of flattening out. The volume is dropping again. You know, is this the floor? We're going to find out, you know, after the fact in a sense. But the numbers are not improving on the top 25 or the top 20 in a sense. And then overall, the numbers are still pretty low on the resale of the recent card. So we'll see what happens. But look, it's, it's still a muddy water out there. It's still tough. It's still a tough environment. But we'll see where it goes over the next two weeks to, you know, over three months in a sense. Now, let's get to pre-orders and the cards that got announced today. Also, if you're thinking or asking where do all these graphics come from or the numbers, please check out the website, crtsportscards.com. Go to my Project 2020 page and it has everything there for you. Uh, and you can quickly reference any number that I talk about here on the show. So here's just a quick look in at the reserves from yesterday. After one day, Frank Thomas had 49 reservations and Ken Griffey had 122. 
But you can look back at their last two cards. So Griffey at 88 at this time had 1,600 pre-orders, and then Frank Thomas at 213. So print runs 99,000 and, and 23,000. So when I have a prediction here, I have it at 80 and 200. Here's the tricky part now with predictions. Twins Jake, look, he's our number one seller of these pre-orders. He is now off eBay. His account is suspended. So there is some, some not murkiness, but there's some unknowns here as far as what his volume will be on his website only and not just on eBay. I don't know if he loses half of his buyers or maybe gains or, you know, doesn't lose a single buyer. It's really hard to say at the moment. So it's going to be tough to figure out these numbers. But I looked at a, a projection just for eBay alone at 80 and 20 and 200. But to make the print run predictions, I just added 25% to the pre-orders at 40 hours to say, okay, 25% of these are going to be on Twin Jake's website. So that puts us at a print range right now of 6 to 9K on Frank Thomas and then on King Griffey, 9 to 12,000. I, I know there's some there's some uh, dislike of the Griffey card, but it's Ken Griffey, and I still think it's going to sell very well when you look at the pre-orders after day one. We'll know more tomorrow, but it looks like Thomas will be under 10 and then Driffy will be over 10. But we'll know more tomorrow. We'll see where it goes. But myself personally, I'm only buying a couple this time. I'm no longer buying 2030 because I'm not doing pre-orders. So we will see if others are following that same path. But right now, that's where the numbers to me are going to fall. So first up today is going to be your first Yankee, Don Mattingly. And I get it. There's some issues Yankee fans have or people have with the ring because he never won a ring. But when you think about the Dawn, you think of the Mafia kiss the ring. To me, it all makes sense. And I just love how different this card is. And I would really expect to see more artists take this route with these cards as we go throughout the set. So I think they're going to slowly migrate away from the actual card and start doing take and taking risks like this. So I think this card is fantastic. But when you think of, of Andrew Thiel and, and where he's come from and his cards before, look, he had Willie Mays, Mike Trout, Sandy Koufax, Nolan Ryan, Derek Jeter, and then we had the recent Mark McGuire. So he's had a good good slate of players so far, and now, of course, now we have his Mattingly. But from a print run perspective, you know, Willie Mays was 1,500, then the Mike Trout spike, Koufax, Ryan. You know, he's kind of really been all over the map, and his McGuire, you know, sold less than Derek Jeter, which was kind of surprising. But Andrew Thiel has not really found his, his spot yet, other than really having that Mike Trout early on and then having two cards sort of post uh, the bubble being created in a sense. But on Mattingly himself, this is his sixth card. So he had Keith Shore at 13, Blake Jamison at 33, King Saladin, Gregory Siff, and then Mr. Cartoon recently, which to me was the best interpretation. And I'm not sure if this new one is better, but I like both, both of them this way. Total cards sold, he has sold 42,000 cards. He is the 12th uh, best athlete right now in the set. He's averaging 8,400 per card. But there again, look, only one card is actually over that average. Everything is inflated right now. And his best card is number 95 at 13. So it's going to be curious where this card lands. And I'll be very curious if we see, you know, a very much like a Frank Thomas period number this morning, as we saw as we saw today. We'll find out, but it'd be very curious. Now, let's look at that Blake Jameson, Mariano Rivera. And it goes without saying, but this will be the number one selling card of the two. I just don't know how the Blake Jameson uh, freight train uh, gets derailed by Don Mattingly and Andrew Thiel here. But this is another really, really cool interpretation of Mariano Rivera. Even though his shirt says New York, I, when I saw it last night, I said, that says Metallica. And I don't know why it says Metallica, but it does. But there we go, New York. I, I think the colors match, the fanny pack. There's so many cool things about this card. It's it's so Blake Jameson, and I'll be very curious to see how it sells tomorrow morning. But let's look at Blake real quick and how he got here. So here's Blake Jameson's history so far 
Obviously, number one, his first card was Nolan Ryan. We've talked about that considerably on the first uh, first 20 pricing. Then we have Mattingly at 33, Robinson at 42, Henderson at 57. And then, of course, the two we know the most are the Mark McGuire at 81 and the Trout at 100. Print run ranges have been the first four cards pretty similar, you know, 2,600 to uh, nearly 4,000. Then the Maguire spiked to 18, and then the Mike Trout blew up at 74,862, which is the second card overall. But how do we get here with Mariano Rivera? This is his sixth card overall. Sophia Chang was his first one at number eight. Joshua Vides was second. Uh, Old Man Allen was third. Keith Shore. And then we had the recent JK5, which is in the top 10. That's been the first artist to really take this card to another level. But from a overall print run perspective, he has sold 50,000 cards. He is the eighth best athlete so far, and he's averaging 10,014 cards per release. But you can tell there in the JK5, it's basically all because of that card. And then, of course, that JK5 is ninth overall. So where do we see this card landing? You look, if you know Project 2020, you know Blake Jamison. You know he's going to pump it. You know he's probably going to buy a lot for autographs. So we're going to find out tomorrow where the reserves land. But we'll see if it tops 15,000. So there we go. A deep dive into grading. We looked at the cards that are coming out today. We have the Blake Jameson Freight Train coming our way. New York Yankees. Everything we want on a Tuesday, middle of the week kind of release for Project 2020. With that, have a fantastic day collecting. And I'll see you back tomorrow morning for episode number 28.